How do you measure yourself with other golfers? By height. It's a very, very special honor. I'm Paula Creamer, and you're listening. Well, we're waiting. Hi, this is Martin Cove, a.k.a. John Kreese from Cobra Kai, and you're listening to Golf Talk Live. Let the word go out from here across the land. Let Daddy Noonan uh, approve. Hey, this is Shooter McGavin. You're listening to the 19th Hole Podcast. You have found Golf Talk Live's 19th Hole Podcast once again. I know we're supposed to talk golf, but boys, it's fall, it's football, and LSU cannot make field or extra points. (laughs) (laughs) I am Alan Depew, and I am joined as always by Boston Bob Baldessari and Andy Hydorn on our panel. We're missing a few faces this time. Maybe that's good because we're recording. and uh, we're not doing youtube so uh no one needs to see us um bob andy welcome happy to be here as always on a golf talk live episode golf talk live golf talk live episode. all right I, I i was grasping i had to come up with something but did you any of you guys catch any of the college first of all i love college football okay i love college sports over any most most professional sports but uh did you see the wild finish between for, for LSU? I saw that. That was uh, a wicked wild finish. Yeah. That's that was insane. Up. Yeah. The alumni are already calling for Brian Kelly's uh, resignation. Well, they've so. already had one of their, uh, one of their, uh, I think he was a registered. He's one of their guys has already entered the, the transfer portal. I heard that too. Yeah. One of the wide receivers has already entered the trans, uh, the, the, the portal. Uh, a reporter showed up at the at at Kelly's press conference, and Kelly and he said something to the effect about being late. And he said, "Well, if you'd win, I'd be on time." Welcome to Baton Rouge. <laughs> You're not well, something. as much as you love college football and college sports, the example you just said about the transfer portal is why I've lost all my patience for. Yeah, I don't disagree with that, Andy. I don't disagree with that. But I mean, to to basically come back, tie that game up and literally have it blocked, have an extra point blocked and lose. I mean, and you were talking a team that's always a national contender, right? They're always going to be in the conversation for for a national championship, but maybe not now. How about how about on an extra point? How about the North Carolina uh, Appalachian State, State game, where they scored 61 points in the fourth quarter? Yeah. yeah. Appalachian State, I, those guys always put on a great performance, don't they? In, yeah. in the opening game, anyway. In the opening right? game, they shock everybody. How about a few years ago when they shocked Michigan? How about, yeah. how about that one, right? Exactly. That was a All right, so – that's that's it. That's our that my shout out. If anybody knows me, actually, I'm not even a big football guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I I, I followed enough to be able to talk about it, but I'm just like, eh. I bet <laughs> occasionally. <laughs> that's about it. I stay in my lane, bro. I'm a <laughs> hockey guy. I dropped the puck. Oh, but you know where else they dropped the puck? Boston. Yes, they do. Since I'm sitting here looking at Boston Bob Baldessari's Bobby Orr jersey hanging behind him, you made me see how I connected that, Andy. I, I thought of I thought of dropping the puck. I saw Boston Bob's jersey. I immediately then thought of of uh, the golf live, and we should probably talk about that. 
It all comes together so nicely. There's like Segways. a right through the five hole there, Alan. Right yeah. in the old five hole. <laughs> what was your takeaway? You guys know the international. You guys, I mean, you haven't seen it since the remodel, I don't believe, right? Right. But you know the international. Uh, you got a lot of contacts up there. You got a, got a lot of good info, a lot of good insight. Um, I'm just going to step back. Share, with your, share, please. You want to go first, Bobby? <laughs> yeah, okay. I mean, yeah, I've played there. Uh, Andy has and. I mean, it's a, it's a great facility. It's uh, on the one hand, I want to say it's nice that it got uh, Escalante get in there, they're renovating it, Crenshaw core. I mean, that, that's going to be a good thing for golf in Massachusetts. You know, as far as the tournament, it was probably uh, along the lines of what we thought that, you know, Hey, there's a lot of great golfing fans in the Bay state. Um, from my friends that were there, they said it was a, it was an okay turnout. Um, you can read through the lines on the press releases, but uh, they had a, they had a, that okay turnout, but um, you know, friends, I was there at a couple of hardcore golfers and a couple of casual, and uh, they all just said it was a, a fun atmosphere. It was kind of cool with that playoff thing at the end, but it's it it is a little crazy to figure out what, who's doing what with the shotgun start, um, and um, yeah, a couple of protesters or something out front, but um, seemed to be a pretty smooth event. So I'm I'm gonna read to you. I took a screenshot of this from. Spectrum News One in Worcester, and Worcester is about thirty minutes from from Bolton, International, where, where yeah. they played the tournament. Um, so I'm going to read this. It says hundreds of fans and some protesters come to Bolton Friday for the first day of the Live Tournament at the International. Yep, hundred hundreds of fans. Yep. So so and by, a, and by the way before you before you continue i think all of them were in the shot when matthew wolf hit his first the first hole on one of live <laughs> well they that moved, was the they most people them. that was the they most people around. i've ever seen at a live event so far yeah so you know it's it's uh apples to apples comparison you know the the pga tour playoffs used to be played in Boston. The Deutsche Bank was part of the playoffs. Right. Um, ironically, it was played Labor Day weekend. Right. Same, same time. And they used to get tens of thousands of people there. Um, so, you know, I know Liv is new and Liv is young. But, you know, I still, I still am, am defaulting to the fact that well, it's cool to go out and see some of these players. And I looked at a picture of of the field. They have a lot of great players now. I mean, they've they've done a really nice job filling out their their group. Um, but the question still remains for me at the end of the day, do people care about the results? I think they care about watching the golf. I think they care about being there and enjoying it. From what I heard, my my friend told me that it was it was a fun atmosphere all that but the problem i have is i don't believe people care about the results dj makes a putt you know in the playoff for eagle that would have gone 10 feet by but you know he's all happy and everyone's you know but at the at the end of the day does it matter who won the playoff other than other I mean, than the guys Dan, Dan, I think it was Dan Rappaport. I might be giving him. Uh, I'm sorry if I'm misquoting who said this, but one somebody said that the ending of 
Live Boston was the best that they could hope for due to the excitement value. But okay. Yeah. Agreed, but it's still it's it's a I I was also watching the Corn Ferry ending. And talk about emotion and stress. Oh and, my god. And all the stuff that those guys are playing for and they're not even playing for a fraction of the money, but they're playing for their careers and their future. And it just goes to show you that that stuff is more important than how big the purses are. So to make a comparison, because this is the knock, and the, one of the knocks is that they're professional athletes, world-class athletes, up and down the food chain of where they're at in the rankings and what have you. But one of the knocks is that even the minor league guys that are playing double-A ball or triple-A ball, they're getting paid. They're getting paid something. They don't have to... In, in these world-class athletes, I mean, I realize the history has always been that you earn it, you know? There's no, you're not entitled to anything. Everything you get is is earned. Um, is, is that not different than you and I and the three of us or everybody else that's listening to us right now when we're trying to get a job? We're trying to better our careers. Except for the fact that if I have a good day at work, I don't have the upside, right? Agreed. But what I'm saying is, you know, I, I'm I'm in I'm in real estate, right? I do real estate. One of the things I one of the things I do. I've just add, I'm in the process of adding another product slash service to what I can offer my potential golf course clients. Yeah. I did that myself. I worked at it myself. I got the education myself and I'm going to pay the, the, I'm going to have to work hard to develop that additional service. And I didn't ask for anybody to give me something. I had right. to earn it. Right. Right. I, that That's the perplexity. I, I don't understand the lodge that where I understand I actually do understand maybe if they made it to the PGA tour that they'd get some baseline level, whatever, but they did the math on it. And we talked about it last week. It only equates to like $2 million. Right. And it's it, to me, it's such an inconsequential topic, right? So if the PGA tour decided they were going to give every player who missed the cup, $5,000, that doesn't change one thing for anybody except the players that missed the cut. And nobody's begrudging them for getting five thousand dollars. It's 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 such a a non-issue to me. I don't understand why people are even bringing this up as a contentious point. Bobby, but does that argument change when you take the into account the the caddies are involved and they're not making any money that when they're hooking their their you know saddle to a, a dog? Yeah, I mean it's uh, it, you know that tour has always been the haves and have-nots almost, and you've got the top echelon and the other guys that are grinding away. Although there's many, 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 probably dozens of players on the tour that made a million dollars and we might have trouble recognizing their name. Uh, they just go, they make cuts and they fly under the radar. hundred uh, percent. I'll give you one. Pat Perez. Let's talk about him in a minute. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. but, but it's always about, I don't care what sport you LeBron, you know, or MJ in NBA or Brady or whatever the case may be, their star power brings everybody else along. Correct? 
yeah. right? But they don't get they don't get different pay based on different play. They they get a salary that the marketplace you know deems as being correct for them, and they get paid that salary. If they have a good week, they don't make triple their salary, and if they have a bad week, uh, they don't make less. But they essence do with his performance contracts, right? Yeah, I'm just, I'm just, I'm, that's I'm no different than the PGA tour players. Exactly. Like, like, like the PGA tour players have like endorsement things. And those are, those are collateral earning opportunities that, that come up for good performance. But I don't know. I, I just think it's, it's a different, it's a different deal. I, I'm just, I'm trying to, I'm, I keep waffling back and forth where there's one, there's moments that, that I appreciate live. And then there's other po- parts of me that are just like, just go away with your exhibition golf. Mm-hmm. And I look at Andy, you get a, gave a great example, corn fairy. Yep. I mean, I was watching some of that. I mean, raw, pure emotion. How about, I can't remember his name. How about the kid from the air force Academy? 10 years. He's been working at it. Absolutely. God bless him. First of all, God bless him for his service, but God bless him for making it. Those are the great stories. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, there's a a little microcosm of that when you're trying to get into the PGA of America and you have this playing ability test. And, you know, it's it's a smaller scale, but the essence is the same thing that you pass the PAT, as it's called, you could have a nice career in golf. If you don't pass the PAT, you know, it's funny where your life will end up. Uh, same with the corn ferry. I mean, you can extrapolate this thing, but uh, if you make it, if you don't make it, you know, at some point you just say, I'm going to go into insurance. Yep. Bobby, you remember remember the story back in like the late 90s about the guy that uh, cell phones were just coming out, obviously, and he passed the PAT on his 46th attempt. And he yeah. was like featured in Golf Digest because he ran up a $1,500 phone bill calling yeah. everybody. <laughs> <laughs> tell everybody that he just made past the PAT. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's some guys and they've spent quite a. The PAT like, tour, baby. Yeah. Oh yeah. 23 cents a minute. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so no crowds, some protesters, good finish. Pat Perez makes a million dollars in 19 events. I can't remember. I think he's at 2.5 or 2.6 and four. Yeah, but I read he's made five hundred thousand um, in his live events, but that that doesn't count the team stuff. Okay, elaborate. So, well, his his individual earnings for live are five hundred and fifty thousand or something like that. So he's been part of a team that I guess gets him over that that up to that two million dollar mark, but. Um, Again, it's 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 untethered money, right? So comparing one to the other financially is to me just a, a meaningless exercise because it's untethered money. It's it's undisciplined, it's it's you know a bottomless trove of cash. So to me, the money doesn't doesn't matter. And for him to say that was tone deaf to me right you know because because he's like he's like proving that you know look at me i only made this over there playing 20 events and i make this over here 
and I'm still the same mediocre player. <laughs> you know, it, you-, it, it, you know, the, I've been trying to get this in my head, um, but I, I like to look at videos. I like to read things, and you know, this live tour thing is a. It, there's there's evidence, and this is an example of what's happened in almost every industry that's ever been. If the Model T was the only car that was still around, it probably would have five different colors and still be a Model T. I mean, you the competition drives innovation, and there's a really neat speaker. This guy Guy Kawasaki, he was with Apple. Yeah. He's Silicon Valley. If you've seen him speak, he has this really great presentation about the ice industry and how. It started with just guys were sawing ice and they didn't have innovation. The guys that were sawing the ice and putting it on the horse and the wagon and bringing it to market, it was new people to the market that got innovative and new people get innovative. And those guys that was basically sawing the ice in the, in the, um, on the lakes, they wouldn't have thought of refrigeration. They wouldn't have thought of these ways to move that industry forward. Car industry, computers, printing, the golf industry, whatever it is. You know, for better or worse, this live has just it's moved this golf professional tour industry forward in a really interesting way, for sure. Uh, but there's, you know, there's just this is a class example of some you could call it a disruptor. I think that's an overused term at times. But um, it, the, what's we're seeing on the tour, we were just talking about at the beginning of the show. None of that would have happened a year ago. I mean, commissioner of the tour players, they wouldn't have been thinking like this we- without this live. Which begs the question, there was, you know, did Greg Norman, it's so facto, actually do more to help the PG, he and Phil Mickelson, because I love, I'm not going to lie, Phil was smooth, like a smooth criminal with his, with his quote about how the, the PGA tour, well, they, they, they found an extra couple hundred million dollars laying around. That's disingenuous though. I, I, he, I don't disagree, but. He knows, he knows very well that the PGA tour had a new television deal that went into effect 2022 he knows very well that it's a seven billion dollar deal i believe so don't act like like you went rogue and all of a sudden the pga tour reacted well, andy you've been saying all along there was a lot of things that were, were obviously in the works and i know you've had some you know you had dinner with different people that are involved with some of the majors and what have you but i mean it, it is kind of funny <laughs> that the yeah, that course. actually Phil and Greg may have impacted more positively some of the stuff for the PGA Tour than. Can I just say the absolute number one by far best thing that Liv's done? Speak to me. Shorts. Really? Yep. I mean, I think it's absolutely ridiculous that PGA Tour players don't wear shorts. Bobby, you just gonna leave that one there, or are you gonna? We had we we had dead air for a moment. Then that's why I should it brings back to memory when I was president of the Mid Atlantic PGA one year. The senior pros were playing in Williamsburg in July or August. It was just hot as hell. Yeah, Williamsburg. Their... Nothing moves in Williamsburg in July and August. Yeah, now the 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 senior guys, right, fifty six years old. The next week, the assistant professional association was there. I got a phone call. Uh, from Dick Johns, who was the ED, and he goes, hey, it's your college section president. You want to waive the pants rule? And I said, his nickname was a skull. I said, skull, this is weird. Last week, the senior guys played in pants, no phone call. This week, the young kids are there. They want to wear shorts. (laughs) (laughs) I find myself saying no, you know, so I said no. Um, 
but yeah, it's, I, you know, there was a lot of, uh, well, not a lot, but I saw some of it on, um, um, Lee Westwood with his outfit. And I thought, uh, you know, you walk down the street, you see somebody like that. Um, it, it is interesting that this day and age with the tour players are compared to athletes, but they're still in pants. So I'm 50, 50, but I'm getting closer maybe to Andy's side a little bit to baseball players are wearing full garb in the middle of August. Yeah. Different yeah. For protection. No, they're, it's not protection. Are you kidding me? You no. Know. I remember the White Sox wore shorts. Yeah. Um, oh, that's true. They did. But it's 100%. Prote- you can't slide with shorts on. No. So, so I know this, this PGA member, a very esteemed PGA member, and he's, uh, he's pretty active on social media. And he's at this place called Trident Golf Center. And he posts a lot of stuff wearing shorts. So, yeah. um, you know, I don't yeah. know. I'm not going to lie. There's times that I walk in and I'm just like, it, I and I run in my club and I'm just like, I really wish it's the middle of August. I wish I had shorts on. <laughs> I can't wait to get home, get out of my, my out of my dress slacks. Hey, when it when it gets to be June, I go shorts June, July, August at least. It's I'm wearing shorts today. It's September. It's hot down here. It is hot down there. Yeah. So I got one more before before we head out of New England, and that is uh, the, the benefactor of all benefactor. Hendrick pulls out. And Shergo Curday makes two hundred sixty-four thousand dollars as a last-minute fill-in in live. <laughs> he makes it to the World Golf Hall of Fame one day. You're going to remember that. Ah, there you go. Okay, uh, you can't you can't leave out Shiwon Kim, who had a twenty-four shot swing from round one to round two. <laughs> he shot eighty-seven in the first round and sixty-three in the second round. So if my, if my math is correct. That's a good bounce back right there, isn't it? That's a good bounce back. <laughs> Andy, I've seen that happen to member guests all the time. Yeah, exactly. Is it po- Obviously, it's possible. How is it possible to – the international – you were saying before we hit record, there's not that much penalty area up there, is there? So my friend Bill Putre, who who's, was a member there, isn't a member there anymore – was shocked that they didn't tear it up more. Um, and they played two of the par fives as par fours. So, you know, throw another eight shots under par on the winning score if you want. But, yeah, he was shocked. And it's not it's not a difficult golf course. So, you know. That's because they're not working as hard anymore. 87. Which plus. leads me into, and I've got to, this, I've got to find it here. It leads me into nope, that's the wrong button. That that hang on a second, guys. Leads me into this quote that uh, Rex Hogger posted with Rory. Question to, posed to Rory: yeah. If come Sunday you find yourself in contention and the man on the side of you is a live player, because we're all obvi- obviously it's BMW over, right? It's BMW week on in the DP World Tour. Would there be more incentive to win? And Rory responds i mean i'll be trying to win a golf tournament regardless they're going to be pretty tired on sunday it will be the fourth day <laughs> She's the, trying to be the, like dude that's savage the needles the needles are just non-stop yeah. i love it back and forth too i mean the yeah. are, 
Live guys are needling back and forth too. I I find I find that the live social media social the keyboard warriors are more ruthless towards the PGA Tour guys than the other direction. Do you agree with the, that? The live supporters? Yeah. Oh, it's unbelievable. Unbelievable how how anti-establishment, anti-authority these live supporters are. They think Jay Monahan's a, a evil being and uh, the PGA Tour has been abusing their players for years. It's just it's it's amazing. There's definitely a demographic to that. But Bob, are you are you are you going to watch the BMW now because of possible? Uh, we didn't even talk about Billy Horschel, but I mean, yeah, I mean, if if the, if there's a certain pairing at the end, I think I'll turn in for sure. Um, you know, I plan to get on when it's at Durrell. I want to take it in in person. I I've got some friends that work for Live Golf that are running the tournament, so. I'd like to see them, but I, I want to take it in for. I can be the correspondent on the, on the scene for that again. Too. Again, you're the guy on the ground. You're the boots on the ground once again. Yeah, yeah. we got a water buffalo head. turned over here up on the. <laughs> <laughs> be like this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Take that picture. <laughs> Damn, I didn't screenshot that fast enough. Yeah. Folks, he uh, he put some uh, some headsets on. He looked really attractive. Okay. Um, let's talk about something, uh, else that's on my mind because she follows us. How about the ladies this past week? Specifically, how about Lucy Lee? Andy was totally rooting for Lucy Lee. I mean, I was as well. She does. She does. She does follow us occasionally. I'm going to give a shout. We all got to give her a shout out. Lucy, uh, you know, your spots open, as I told you on the show anytime. And, you know, I remember my first just bit of knowledge about who Lucy Lee was, was this 11 year old girl sitting there licking an ice cream cone as she's playing in a play. tour event. I mean, oh. like awesome. Right. And, and here she is, she's 19 now. Um, she takes an awesome cut at it and she's really competitive last week, which I think is awesome. I remember first meeting her at the drive chip putt national championship. Going back. Yeah. yeah, she went from drive chip and putt to the next week to a LPGA tour. Yeah, I was gonna say like right to the US Open or something, right? Yeah. Piece of cake. Yeah. Yeah, it's you can tell she had the talent. And you know, at that level, it's really as Bobby Jones talked about between the ears, that six inch course between your ears. And I just could tell that she had it. I mean, uh, she's gonna she should do well out there. I'm rooting for her. I agreed absolutely. And I'm I'm, I'm look I'm looking for something while I'm while, well, you guys... while you're looking. One more shout out. Okay. Um, on the lady side was uh, actually two more shout outs. Megan Kang has been a really really solid great player from Easton Massachusetts. Yep. And Megan's been so close to to winning and she did everything that she could last week to win finished second again but gabby lopez birdied i think the last three holes and we had steven yellen on as our guest here on golf talk live um podcast and steven teaches uh gabby 
and Gabby's comments to the to the interviewer at the end were that of a story that Stephen told us on the podcast. Yeah, you know the dinner party, and yep. you know it's it's pretty awesome for a guy like Stephen who's who's a really innovative thinker and has really forged um, his own way in this business to see somebody really do well, you know, touting his methods and, and his philosophy and his approach and, and actually be so conscious of it to, to uh, communicate that to the interviewer was, was really nice to see. So I've got one more. We're just going to keep with the LPGA. How about three weeks in a row now? 14-year-old Gina Clemente qualifies through Monday qualifiers for the last three LPGA Tour events. The youth movement, folks, if you don't believe it, the youth movement and the LPGA is on, and they're good. They're really good. I didn't even know that. That's that's a pretty awesome stat. They literally were writing letters asking for opportunity for sponsors exemptions, and she qualified through. The, she had, through, she she had three, the, three more weeks till seventh grade started again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Bob, you you've been you know we've we've kind of beaten the the horse on the you drive chip and pot. I mean, you had. You got to see some of this talent that now is actually, you know, when your time with the PGA, that they're now making a splash out there. I mean, did you ever think you were going to see this kind of ramp up with the the talent level? Oh yeah, uh, <coughs> had a little coughing fit. Sorry. Yeah, uh, we muted. Yeah. We we muted you for a second. That's why, <laughs> I, I, kept, that's why I kept rambling, just ram ample, just rambling along. Yeah, it was. Uh, now it's exciting. I mean, I. From the time I went into my role as director of youth golf development for the PGA to when I was leaving, and you could just see every couple of years, every couple of years, things like drive chip apart, uh, PGA Junior League, the team competition, um, more things that are out there, AJGA, everything. We talked about this on a, another show on our Golf Talk Live podcast some weeks ago about generationally, every generation just get better and better. Golf is a reflection of other sports. And... It's interesting to me that a 14-year-old girl is doing this and the Lucy Lee's at 12 and 13 years old qualifying. Alexa Pano at 13, I believe, qualifying LPGA Tour. You don't yeah. quite see that on the boys' side. I think 15 and a half or 16 years old is about the earliest I've been seeing there, but not surprised. You're going to keep seeing it. Um, but there is um, a thing called long-term athletic development and some kids hit that peak early, some hit it later. So as good as that is, you just want to you want to coddle that talent and make sure it keeps maturing. And um, one of these kids have a longer, hopefully as long a career as they want. Yeah, yeah it, for sure. It, it's impressive. So uh, I just want to give one other, we're going to change gears. We're going to move up the, uh, the coast uh, or down the coast, depending on which direction you're coming from. The, uh, the traveler or the... Uh, World match play, or excuse me, the World Am match play. My bad. The World Am was held uh, uh, this past week in Myrtle. Anybody that caught some of the pieces we've shared from uh, Tony Leodora, the traveling golfer, he's going to be bringing us a bucket list golf course. Have you ever, I mean, you guys are both, Andy, you play at such a high level anyway, but Bobby, you're a professional. But I mean, 
they, they put 3,500 participants through this event every year. I, I mean, it's, it's an impressive display. And they do the 19th hole. It's the world's largest 19th hole. We got our 19th hole. So just saying. Yeah, logistically, it's amazing. I mean, the three of us have been around tournaments. People listening have been around tournaments. You think of your club. Maybe you play in a 36-hole event, maybe a multi-club. I, I'm in awe of what they do down there with that massive amount of people. And uh, people have a great time. Yeah. Probably the only place in this country or in the world even that they could do that. No, oh, by far. Yeah. The only place. Yeah, because it has enough it has enough uh, heads or beds for uh, for people and, and golf beds courses. Heads and holes. Yeah. yeah. Heads and holes. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm surprised that that, uh, that event hasn't been more um i don't know made for tv special or i mean that's a lot of people that's a big outreach it we all know about it but it sort of sits under the radar i mean the golf channel visits it every year uh but but i agree with you you would think you you would think that they would get more it would get more and and i know the guys down there all the uh leadership in in and they do a tremendous job but uh shout out to them and i think hoping next week we're gonna have tony's uh report from one of the properties down there i want to move over to to andy's favorite time of the of the show because you saw it i posted it it happened at eagle ridge f that guy who did it hashtag don't be that guy today every day and everything dude three of my greens what would what why 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 would you drive over three greens do do a donut where's the respect level bob it's happened in my clubs before. I, people think it's a joy ride and they somehow think it's a thrill, but I don't know. It's, uh, I don't know, you know, I shouldn't say what I was going to say. Hashtag, but, yeah. Hashtag, don't be that guy. Oh, man. Uh, Perpetual. Yeah. Like it's just, it's idiotic. I don't get why people think that way. Was that a good one, Andy? Was that a good hat? Don't be that guy this week. It was. I thought you were going with the uh, trashed cart episode. Oh no, we have to leave that. That's uh, that's confidential information. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So anyway, uh, 18th green. That was not the one that was driven over with the golf cart. Uh, it was number 21. Um, Bob, what do you got? Oh, uh, I was actually sort of kind of going to bring up that thing you had there with the don't be that guy but uh um you know i want to before we finish want to give a shout out to our complete synthetic turf friends uh, oh, yeah. turf.com uh yeah. no big yeah no no uh if you need something for your yard putting green yeah pets uh if you're a business and you want to take care of some areas uh, they've done forty-three thousand square foot putting areas uh so they're amazing they can work in every that's an state. acre yeah, yep. Uh, you tell them you heard. You you get the special Allen D, Dallin D uh, and Andy. Don't be that guy discount <laughs> if you uh, mention Golf Talk Live. But CompleteSyntheticTurf.com. We gotta thank those guys. Um, now, well, I was just thinking of uh, you know the I don't know end of the year and uh, thinking back to years ago when it was nice to have that off season um, for the tour where you you. you Every, every, I don't know. I, I'm glad I think from what I hear, they're going to go into a little more of an off season, but then bang, they go right back into more tournaments. But uh, when I was growing up, it was nice to have that off season because you just look forward to those first events in January, aside from that silly season skin thing. 
but um, that was a pretty funny uh, tweet that Fred Couples put out as well. Did you see that one? <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, that he had to work on holidays? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think this, uh, is a, this is the last year of the... The wraparound. The wraparound season. So, you know, I couldn't agree more, Bobby. Like, looking forward to Hawaii every year and yeah. then knowing, knowing, you know the LA tournament, the Phoenix tournament, the, you know, all those things that, that at Pebble Beach, all those things that were part of watching golf has been watered down um, by the wraparound. So. Yeah. Is that your final thought? That is not mine. Okay. Well, I'll just, I'll jump. I'll, then let me add to Bobby's final thought. Then okay. you can go to your final right. thought, which is, so what I'm looking forward to, when we get to a off season of golf is I can't wait to check out and see where Charlie Woods progression is. Yeah. <laughs> the PNC. That's right? what I'm excited. I'm, yeah, I'm waiting. I'm waiting for some epic battles between the woods and the dailies for years to come. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so my 18th hole, I'm going to do a little shout out to J.R. Smith. Um, you, you do know that I've met Jr. a number of times, right? Have you really? Yes, he's he actually he's a, is from he is from he is Jersey. from Tom's River. Yeah, and he actually used to have his uh, his golf tournament. His foundation was at Eagle Ridge for years. So, for those of you listeners that don't know, Jr. Smith had a a pretty damn good career in the NBA. Yep, um, with the Cavs and the Knicks and a couple other teams. Ended with the Lakers, I believe. Yeah. J.R. Smith is now a freshman on the golf team at North Carolina A&T. Um, and I just think that's the coolest thing. Every time I see video of J.R. working on his game and I mean, it's a serious thing for him. He's, he's gotten the, the, the golf bug and I think it's such a cool deal. So J.R. Smith. So, so let me let me give you a story. So when Jr. was Jr. would show up, actually somewhere there's probably a picture of him riding a little moped around the around the, the circle and under the portico there at uh, at the course. But he he we'd get into a conversation. He's like, I just he has got a, he's got a good swing. He really does for a, for a big tall guy like that. And he would so we literally went up on the first hole. We dropped, put a couple of balls down, teed him up, and he he was hitting this baby. This was. Uh, six seven six years ago probably he's hitting this baby little cut out there and andy it, he was smooth again for a big tall lanky guy i mean he had a, he does have a good golf swing i think it's an awesome awesome thing to see what he's so doing. so really what i'm trying to say there is between him and you know mariana rivera i am i am the instructor to the stars <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna go with that one. And, when you had uh, Mariano, you could have uh, thrown, you know, not so many strikes against the Red Sox. You teach Mariano to hit. You the know what? Ball. Let me tell you. The first time Mo came in, I, I met him, and we were, we were chatting afterwards because we blocked off part of the locker room for him. And I went up to him and I said, "Mo, I said, I'm a Red Sox fan, but I appreciate greatness. But this year, now that I got to know him a little bit better." He showed up. I I walked out with my Red Sox hat on. Yeah. Yeah, I did that. Anyway, 
my shout out is I'm going to give an inter, an interesting one to Sabrina and Dolfo. Who's Sabrina? You ask. Sabrina is played collegiate golf. She is from Florida. She happened to be up at our place. She was doing some video shoots. She's big on social media, on Instagram and what have you. We're going to tag her on there. She travels all over the place. Give her a follow. That's all I got. Awesome. There you go. So, Andy, Christian's hitting it short and crooked. Because it's really better than hitting it long <laughs> and straight. No, it's not better than hitting it long and straight. Nothing's better than hitting, hitting it long, long and straight. straight. <laughs> there's nothing better than that. All right. Have a good week, guys. He hits a middle long. <laughs>You only have one opportunity to sell your golf property. Shouldn't you partner with an expert that offers you 30 plus years of golf industry experience combined with the reach of a global leader in real estate? Collier's International Golf Brokerage and Advisory Services understands your unique business needs. Whether it is brokerage, management, and consulting, be reassured that the market leader in the business of golf is providing you the real answers and practical solutions you deserve. Contact Golf Talk Live co-host and Collier's Golf Advisory Services member, Alan DePew, today at 717-554-8519. That's 717-554-8519.